Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We've been spending a little bit of time talking about the coronavirus, and I want to make a plea to you. Later on in the program, I'd like to essentially crowdsource how uh, you and I best uh, respond to this. I want to hear from you. We've got a number of ways for you to weigh in. I want to know what you and your family are doing to prepare for this uh, in terms of what, the face masks and the gloves and such like that. Maybe you're doing something like that. Uh, maybe you're filling the bathtub up with clean drinking. Who knows? Whatever you're doing, I would be curious to know uh, what your plans are. How's your food storage look? Uh, the phone number, if you wouldn't mind giving me a call uh, and telling me what you're doing or how you're reacting to the coronavirus, that phone number is 801 801- Five seven five seven six six eight. Again, eight zero one five seven five seven six six eight. We also have the Utah Community Credit Union text line. That number is five seven five zero zero. So if you can keep those numbers straight, I'd love you to pick one of them and let me know how you're doing. Five seven five zero zero is the text line. And if you want to just call, leave me a message. Five seven five seven six six eight. That's uh, my plea to you. Let me know what you're thinking about this coronavirus, and later on, uh, we'll comb through and talk about uh, some of your thoughts and views. Uh, this segment, though, we are going to turn our attention to the Democrats running for president. I, for weeks now, have had a question which now has been answered, and it is, at least according to polling numbers, who do Utahns? Uh, prefer who do Utahns want to see receiving uh, the Democratic nomination for uh, president? In studio, I have invited Boyd Matheson of Inside Sources, also opinion editor of the Deseret News, a good friend of mine, uh, to help us understand some of these uh, numbers. Let me here. I'll tell you. What, I'll let you deliver to the audience. Uh, the 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 big headline to emerge from these poll results is. Joe Biden is struggling in Utah. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, the, I, we really thought that uh, Joe Biden would have more strength. He's had a history here in Utah. He's come here uh, when he was vice president. Right. Uh, has lots of good relationships, personal relationships here in the state. Uh, so that was the one thing that was a little surprising to me was that he was sitting at only 6% uh, in this poll. Now, that that could change dramatically if... He does well tomorrow in South Carolina because I actually believe some of the Bloomberg support is actually coming from Joe Biden people who are maybe saying, I think I think Joe might be out of gas. Uh, and so I'm going to get on a different horse. But if Biden here, here's the key tomorrow, Joe Biden has to win double digit or better. He's got to be I think he's got to be between a 12 to 15 percent victory in South Carolina to get off the mat. Oh, fascinating. And move forward. Failing that, does he? How long does he last? Uh, just Super Tuesday, and I think he'll be done. Fascinating. 
Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, this is off the wall, and, and you and I haven't talked about this, and I don't know if anyone's talking about this. There's no like chance that Biden would become vice president again with anyone, would he? Uh, I, I don't see any scenario where that's a that's a plausible path. Okay, good. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. cross. I'll Check cross that off. off your <laughs> that's off the nonsense <laughs> off list. Off the crazy list. Got it. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, tell us who who won in this poll. So who who you talks want? So Bernie Sanders is at twenty eight percent. Michael Bloomberg at nineteen percent. That's the real story coming out of it, and that tells us two things. Like right. it, it tells us one. Uh, what you can buy with $3 million in a really short window. Amazing. It's, uh, it's absolutely It is amazing. I mean, almost 20%. You can get almost 20% of the voters uh, with a four-week, $3 million ad buy. Now, But it also tells you something else really important because he hasn't cracked beyond that, and that is that in a primary, in a primary, a grassroots organization will beat salaried staff and paid advertising six ways to Sunday. That it won't beat it, or it hasn't beaten it. it. What if he? What if he just cranked up the spending? Uh, I I don't think you get there because voters and Americans in particular want to be part of a winning story. They need to be needed, and when they look, this was the problem that that Mitt Romney faced in 2012. People looked at him and said, "He's rich. He has a big organization. He has all these paid staffers." Why does he need me, there's, John Doe, in Columbus, Ohio, to go knock doors or put up a yard sign? There's nothing underdog about yeah, the Romney story. That's right. And and so the key is, and what Bernie Sanders does better than anyone, is invite people to be part of something. That's what he does, and that's what he's been able to capture. So so the interesting thing on the on the Sanders side is that, yes, he's sitting at, at 28%, well ahead of the field here in Utah, uh, but he has not been able to crack anything beyond the far left of the party. Sure. So if you even take just the top of the the, the top uh, polling uh, in this one, if you take Bernie and Elizabeth Warren as the left wing of the party, add their totals together, but then you take the moderates with Biden, Buttigieg, Bloomberg, uh, and Klobuchar, the moderates still win. So yeah. I think the calls for people to get out of the race are going to be screaming by Tuesday night. Because the moderates, the establishment of the Democratic Party, still believe, hey, if it's a one-on-one battle between a moderate and Bernie Sanders, the moderate will likely win. But I think they've made the same mistake the Republicans made in 16. It might be too late. Yeah. A week from today, these same individuals asked to participate in this same poll will give dramatically different answers, I predict. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. It's very fluid. There will be there'll be a great reshuffling of the deck chairs, as Doug Wright used to put it. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this about Elizabeth Warren. Do you think so? She she gained 15 percent here in this uh, Deseret News Hinckley Institute poll. Do you think that her 15 percent goes exclusively to Bernie? Should she drop out? Yes. I do. 100%. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she has a real crossover spread, and that's why I think she is because of the way Bernie Sanders is approaching this race, uh, and he's he's not reaching out to the middle of the party, no, at all. He's saying this is going to be a turnout election, and so he's going to go further left and new voters, and that's why I think Elizabeth Warren has actually been uh, auditioning for vice president, or you could end up with someone like the governor of Ohio, sure, uh, or Stacey from uh, from Georgia who lost her uh, gubernatorial run. I think it'd be one of those three for his uh, VP pick in uh, twenty or in, during the twenty sixteen race. Uh, Bernie Sanders uh, won here in the state of Utah. I uh, had some sixty odd percent. Now, uh, different circumstances. That was the actual election. This is a poll. A different time of year and all. But the, the, for all intents and purposes, uh, those are our best metrics to to compare. How do how does that sixty uh, percent of folks in twenty sixteen? 
how does it in makeup compare to the 28% of today? Are they the same folks? Uh, I think they're they're basically the same folks. Remember, that was just a head-to-head between Bernie right. Sanders and Hillary Clinton. So that was sort of the ultimate in, okay, we're going to push to the side. Clinton didn't play well uh, here. Uh, just there, I think there was a lot of Clinton fatigue. Uh, and Bernie was the shiny new object, and people were becoming part of that. Remember, he had the huge rally up at the U. Uh, and so I think they were able to capture that, and he sustained. I don't think he sustained it all. Some of them have clearly peeled off. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's a it's a bigger race, uh, so it's a little harder. But again, if you added Sanders and Warrens together, then you're you're fairly close. You're about forty. My estimation of 2016 was that all of that uh, Bernie Sanders support was a vote against Hillary Clinton. I think that today, though, the 28 percent he enjoys in this poll is uh, a vote for Bernie Sanders. That's a a really good point. That's really astute because I I do think you've – the one thing he struggles with is making that pivot of what I am for. Sure. Uh, The the what I'm against is – what you said, Lee, that uh, he really r- rallied and railed on in 2016, and so the the anti-Hillary vote was significant. Uh, this time, I think he has people that are actually for some of those proposals he's putting on the table. He'll be here in town on Monday. Yeah, uh, you think uh, you think what he has to say will will gain him or lose him votes? Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be it's interesting. I think they I think they're coming based on 2016. Yeah, uh, and how many people showed up uh, because there's what they want to show on Monday. Rolling into Super Tuesday, uh, you know all the national TV cameras will be here, uh, and they think they're going to have a good showing in Utah. So they want to go to places across the West and across the Super Tuesday states where they can say, "Look, the momentum is just building." It's in what they want. All he's trying to do right now is paint the picture of inevitability. Right. So much momentum, nothing can stop it. Keep That's saying it. It becomes over reality. and over and Keep over. Saying Self-fulfilling it. Keep prophecy. Saying it. Yep. Outstanding. Uh, Boyd Matheson of Inside Sources, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Uh, you and I will be uh, joining forces next week for much of the uh, Super Tuesday coverage here on these airways. Looking forward to yeah, it. It's going to be good fun. Yeah. Uh, again, Boyd Matheson, our guest, looking over some of the results of a newly released Deseret News Hinckley Institute poll, which puts uh, Bernie Sanders on the top of the stack in a question posed to uh, Utah voters in the Democratic presidential primary, for whom will you vote? Uh, Bernie Sanders, 28% more than anyone else in the race, uh, is leading the pack here in the state of Utah. We'll see after next Tuesday if that proves to be true. Uh, I, I predict it will. Uh, listen, next up, we're going to be talking, uh, continue uh, to talk about uh, Super Tuesday, uh, but we're going to mix in some of this coronavirus because it is it has grown to a scale of such importance and influence uh, that it uh, will and might uh, have a great influence on how these political events uh, play out and certainly uh, have an impact on the tone of the various candidates. We're going to walk through some of that analysis next up here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.